uh, welcome to North Point Plus. Uh, my name is Dan Ermatlu. I've been coming to North Point for seven, eight years, something like that. Um, uh, married. We have two little ones. And uh, yeah, ha- super honored that I have been asked to uh, guest host uh, for this one. We'll, we'll see if I'm welcome back or not. <laughs> well, I love we'll, it we'll because uh, you're my favorite person, uh, one of my top five favorite people on the planet. So I think it's fun that you and I get to do this together. That puts the pressure up yeah. quite a bit. Now, for the record, just so we're clear, uh, I brought a second hat, and we were going to have Dan wear that. But <clears throat> one of two options, Dan refused or Dan's melon is too big for the hat. Uh, both. <laughs> Anyways, Dan, what is this thing that we call North Point Plus? What are we doing here? So, yeah, in case you haven't tuned in before, North Point Plus, uh, this is a podcast we do post-Sunday uh, service. We talk a little bit more about uh, the, what the sermon was about. We answer questions that uh, the viewers and folks submitted. Mm-hmm. We dive yep. a little deeper. It's a yep. chance to engage yep. in a different way than we get to on Sundays. Yep. Spot on. Love it. Yeah. So uh, we normally also do a quick sort of recap. Yep. Uh, where we're at in the series, what series we're even doing. Mm. What's it called again? Yeah. Uh, it's called Experiencing God. We are, I think we're like eight weeks or something into that. I have no idea what that could be about, though. Uh, it's about we're going to experience something, and specifically God. So actually, uh, so Henry Blackaby, it's material. It's been around for a while. And uh, the whole concept is how do you go deeper in this relationship with the Lord? And uh, he's got some great... Uh, practical concepts in there. And so if you're part of that, if you've got a workbook, if you're in a life group, if you're having these discussions, this is great. We love that. We think that's where the real power is there. And so that's kind of cool. But uh, but yesterday we were in uh, unit uh, nine, eight, I think eight, eight I thanks, yeah, started eight. and called uh, Adjusting Your Life to God. And this whole concept of uh, God doesn't adjust his plan to our will, but he invites us into this partnership with him to adjust our life to his plan. And uh, we spent the first chunk, because it's still a concept that I'm trying to wrap my head around, that God wants to partner with us, which is just wild yeah. that the creator of the universe would want to partner with people. Mm. And yeah. uh, I used the analogy yesterday, like a six-year-old helping change the tire or whatever. And I'm not trying to offend six-year-olds out there, but, but I think we get that if we're a parent, this idea that it is not as efficient to have someone untrained and what is somewhat... Uh, incapable man i want to be careful some <laughs> genius six-year-olds i get it but you know what i'm saying like like some of the it's just not as efficient and it's just interesting because god isn't isn't typically efficient in my mind he but he is different and so anyways he partners with us wants to partner with us that's a cool thing so wrap our heads around that and then if we can what does it mean to adjust our life to god and i just threw out lots of stories and lots of concepts to try to whet people's appetite for this week of uh, working through the workbook or having conversations or whatnot of what that could look like in their world of adjusting their life to God. So there you go. Yeah, God definitely does not do things the way that we would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His plans are often different. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Sometimes frustratingly so, and yeah. sometimes usually mind-blowing, like when you're able to step back and look at it, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> glad it went that way. And and for the record, as far as offending six year olds goes, yeah. they're a big part of our demographics. So you might massive part. Yeah, I, I do need to be. Um, Not only did I go after six year olds yesterday, but I went after junior high boys. Uh, so I I'm feeling man. pretty uh, abusive right now. Man, <laughs> I, <laughs> but for the record, the junior high boys in the room weren't paying attention, so it was fine. Yeah, there's also that. Kidding, junior high boys, love you, man. I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not. Cool. They're not dialed in probably on this, huh? Probably not. What parent is putting their six-year-old in front of the North Point Plus podcast for their daily, like, 
Bible I mean, time. It, it depends on, you know, who who's on, right? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. If, if let's say you got a Jake Howard. Yeah. Uh, on yeah. Jake one, Howard one is our family life associate yeah. minister here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If, if he's on one week and, you know, Brooklyn's upset, not sleeping right, we'll mm-hmm. just put him on and boom, she's out. Yeah. Oh, got it. Brooklyn, how old is Brooklyn, your daughter she's, now? She's uh, eight months. Eight months. So, so, so uh, yeah. uh, associate minister is great for helping eight month olds fall asleep. Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Jake Howard on this. So good. <laughs> good luck. Love, love Jake. Right. Well, we got some questions that rolled in. So let's fire on those because that's what people probably care about. All right. Question number one. Yes, Here we sir. go. How do I know where God is asking me to adjust my life to him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great question. Complicated question, I guess. Uh, and I don't have this. I wish it was a simple like, oh, well, you just do this or this and that's, you know. But I, I would suggest that um, it, it, it is all going to flow out of a deepening relationship with him. So I would suggest doing the basics, like, like, like digging into your prayer time, digging into your time in the word, you know, um, because that's where you're going to hear his voice most clearly is as you're getting close to him, then that those will be components that are recognizable. So like, uh, James four has this verse where it says, draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. I think there's that component. Psalm 37, uh, says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And I want to be cautious with these texts. We're pulling them a little out of context. We'd want to unpack the paragraphs they're in and whatnot. But I think the overall picture that we see, John 15 talks about abiding in Christ. I think these pictures are this, as we develop that relationship more deeply, we can become more easily aware of the things that God's asking us to do. Does that make sense to you? I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of wonder, cause I've heard this, you know, from people before, like, uh, in hearing a message like this, that we need to adjust our lives and yeah. get out of our comfort zone and yeah. start uh, doing things we think God is calling us to do. Um, what happens when there's half a dozen things that we're right. just like, oh, these are all great things. Maybe this is God. Right. Oh, I should be going on a ministry trip here and I should be, you know, committing to more resources here and, oh, starting this ministry over there. Like, yeah. So, it, I mean, is it possible God could call you in half a dozen directions all at once and if not, how do you discern between? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. I and I mean, on first blush, I go, yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I, I sometimes we get real hung up on what's the one thing God's calling me to do, and and I think sometimes uh, God's given us options. Like, there's a lot of cool things that we could chase, and uh, and that's good, and we should, and maybe it's up to me. You know, what I mean, I get to decide on this because of those options. They all honor Jesus. None of them are, you know, what I mean, they're good positive things. Um, so I get to choose. Uh, but I think there are, as we draw nearer to him and develop that relationship with him, and I think this is Blackaby's concept in experiencing God, is as, a, as we get closer to him, we become more aware of the uh, areas where he is driving specifically for us to adjust our life to his plan, noticing what God is doing there or here, and then wanting to be part of that, entering into that. I think it's probably a good, good time, too, to shout out for having a group of people around you, a community. We, we'd call it church. Um, but not just church you show up to on a Sunday morning, but like church that you actually are engaged with people right. uh, that are part of your life, that know you, that know your family, that know your weaknesses and your strengths, and they can weigh in on that. That was the whole point of this New Testament community that, that we call church, right. right? As they're trying to navigate through these compli- complications of life, um, you have this group of people that you're like, so here's what I'm thinking, Dan. I'm thinking I should sell everything we own and get a motorhome, and we just live on the road. We're just going to be vagabonds for Jesus. And you know me and my wife well enough that you're like, uh, hey, Chris, your wife Emily is n- is not for that. <laughs> 
she's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But couldn't that just mean that she needs to adjust? Yeah, it could mean that. It could also mean Chris <laughs> is off his rocker, and maybe that's not a great plan. But but you'd have some ability to weigh in on that, ask some hard questions, and be like, hey, let's pray through this together and be on journey together in this and think think this yeah. through. And so I think that's the importance of having, um, we, we call them here at North Point Life Groups, mm-hmm. but a group of people that know you, weigh in, and, and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I know in the past our life group has been instrumental in, in helping us to figure yeah. out some of that nuance of yeah. do we do this, do we do that? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's proved priceless yeah. having a life group. Yeah. So keep digging into your relationship with God, simple answer to the question, and um, do, doing the basics, you know, that kind of stuff. And then a group of people around you. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so next question. During the sermon... Mm-hmm. Four obstacles to adjusting to a life with God were discussed. Uh, you talked about career, you talked about family, financial stability, uh, and desire. How do we prevent them from being an obstacle? So, uh, so I have all of a sudden I have multiple thoughts on this. Uh, let me start here. Uh, it says raw thinking, so I'm trying to categorize it a little bit. Uh, it, an interesting component to this is. Uh, to folks who are single and you don't have, and maybe younger. So I'm thinking of like my youngest daughter who's finishing up college and she doesn't know what she's going to do next. Uh, uh, she doesn't have those things, career, family, <laughs> financial stability. That's an interesting f- phase of life, right? When, when maybe you're not um, tied to spouse and kids. Uh, where you can do some amazing things, really, you can adjust your life to God. Uh, in a Paul, much Paul said it was preferable, right? If you in could some it. ways, right? I mean, he, he says if you're unmarried, stay that way, like because your dedication is to the Lord and the Lord alone. But when you're married, it's split between a spouse and what the Lord would have you do. So there's just a reality to it. If you're single and you're paying attention to this, um, like you've got some unique season of life. And uh, I know we talk a lot about uh, as singles, like, what do we do in relationships? And, and I get a lot of, how do I find someone? And, and I get that. I mean, I hear that. I don't want to dismiss or discount that. And also, at the same time, the season that you're in, yeah. what a tremendous season to really lean to what God might have yeah. because it's just easier. Um, those other things, when they become part of the package, career and family, financial stability, whatnot, um, uh, uh, it just makes it more complex. Having been single at one point. Me? No, me. Oh, you, yeah, no, I was uh, never single. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was. No, 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 I, I didn't mean for you. <laughs> no, no. no, having been single at one point, I, I do remember that it, it felt like, at least at one point, this is just time wasted until I can... Oh, until I meet someone and I get married, and then yeah. I'll be... The real like, American dream then, can start. Then my life really starts, yeah. but like... Yeah. No, you bring up a great point that even if it's just the singleness, maybe maybe just for a season, maybe sure. not the rest of your life, but just yeah. for a season. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, you know, sure, you get married, you have kids, whatever. But during that season, yeah, yeah. that's some prime prime time to be able to serve God. And yeah. Because your obligations are just different, right. you know, easier to. So, but but um, uh, maybe that's not uh, the question here. I guess on the table is how do we not let those four things? And there's more. There's more obstacles yeah. we could list. How do we not let them become the obstacles? And I'd just suggest that uh, watch your language carefully. So when when you see something or get asked to do something or whatever it might be, uh, an idea prompts across, and 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 your first thought is, well, I can't. Mm-hmm. That should probably pause you, right there. Well, I can't do that because. I have a family. I can't do that because I, my salary would change. I can't do that. And it doesn't mean you should immediately jump into that thing, but at least pause and think about it. You know, pause and spend some time praying about it. 
pause, maybe invite again that life group or that church community into that decision to help you think through. Like, so I had this crazy idea about selling everything I own and getting a motorhome and living as a vagabond for Jesus. And you can weigh in on that, uh, you know, as, as a church community, that kind of thing. So um, just, I would just suggest not saying no so quickly um, that, you know, at least entertain the thought for, for a, a couple of days or a day or, you know, yeah, I think that's a probably a safe place to start. Nice. Yeah, as I uh, as I look at some of these uh, these obstacles that you mentioned, family, financial stability. I know, like for that, for me, that's a that's a big sure. one. That's something I struggle to think about. Like, if God, if God were to call me in a direction where there's less financial stability, that's that's one I would definitely struggle with. Yeah. Uh, and I I feel like if I'm observing myself, and if I'm going to give myself advice, it'd be to stay in God's word. Yeah. Um, to know that seeking after God um, and his kingdom and, you know, his priorities, everything else kind of falls by the wayside. Yeah. Um, seek first his kingdom and all these things mm-hmm. will be added, right? Mm-hmm. So. It, financial stability is an interesting one, Dan, because, like, we, we often think, oh, he's going to call me to something where I'm less financially stable. Ah, it's going to be so... But what if he called you to something where you were way more financially stable? Like, the income level quadrupled. Oh, I'd hate it. We'd immediately say, well, that's obviously God's will for my life. Obviously, (laughs) God wants me to pursue that thing. But what if he, what if that's, what if this thing in front of you, I'm just making this up, so forgive me for two (laughs) minutes here, but uh, what if this thing in front of you, you're like, hey, there's this opportunity, it's quadruple the income. Well, obviously, God wants me to do that. But you talk to your, your group of people, you've been praying, you're talking to your spouse, they're like, I don't think so. I think it's actually too much money for you to handle. Like, like in reality, like, like, I don't know that I'd make a good millionaire, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know that I would. So so I don't know. I'm just, I'm random thinking, I, this isn't supposed to be random, but I'm just randomly. No, like we always, we I, churn over the financially instable, but if it was more stable, yeah. would we also churn? Be like, I don't know if that's what God wants for me. Well, I mean, and like you say, you would be a bad millionaire. I, probably I would be too. No, you'd <laughs> but, be a great one. I think you should but, take it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, like I was just reading about, uh, you know, the rich young ruler who yeah, sure. came to Jesus and yeah. he said, you know, what you end up owning ends up owning you. Yeah. And um, there's there's a point in there at which I think you can be too rich probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jesus kind of laid that out. And, yeah. It's like, yeah, if, even if you think you've been keeping all the other commandments and you've been doing everything just right, if God puts you in a position where he says, hey, the next step is you need to get rid of all that and come yeah. follow me, yeah, would you be able to do that? And yeah. I think the more wealth you have, the tougher that is to say, yeah, sure, I, I'll yeah. I'll lay all of it by the wayside and do what you want, Lord. Yeah, it'll really be, I guess we are back to uh, that financial stability component that in, in sometimes can prohibit us from yeah. adjusting our life to God. Not that it does. Uh, rich folk can do that. Right. Like, you know, as Americans, we're all rich, to be frank. Well, and yeah. people listening, you know, they're like, wait, I don't, I don't have much. <laughs> I know. We probably have more than 90% of the world, I think it is, something like that. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm with you 100%. So I think just don't let those obstacles become obstacles. Um, don't say no right away. Uh, and if you catch yourself saying, well, I couldn't do that because pause, think, pray, talk to some trusted people. That seems like a good start. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Cool. All right. Question number three. Mm. Uh, how can we use our careers to glorify Christ? Yeah, I, I love this question. 
Uh, we all become pastors, right? Is that see? So I'm gonna get in trouble. Uh, uh, you guys can't see this behind the camera. Rick Rubel is actually running all the tech today, which has already got us super nervous. But um, uh, but we, there's been two spot fires so far. But we have a fire extinguisher nearby. Um, yeah, Rick is trying to figure out how to get on the camera there. So yeah, there we go. It's it's not uh, awkward, but. Um, but one of the challenges that I've had with the experiencing God material is that a lot of Blackaby's examples seem to lean towards uh, getting into professional ministry, becoming a missionary, becoming a pastor. And so I'm actually more curious about what you think about this question, which is a little turn of the tables here. We didn't practice this. So holy moly, like we like we practiced it all. This was not in the script. This is and there's no script. But um, that. but I'm I'm curious, like like. Like, how do you think about that? Because, I mean, my, my main career, I have a lot of jobs. My main career is pastor, mm-hmm. but yours isn't. Your main career is directing uh, aircraft, <laughs> controlling aircraft at the Lansing Occ- Capital Regional Airport. Occasionally. I guess you're technically Most directing. of my career is waiting for aircraft to direct. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. That's a great delineation. I appreciate that. And technically, you're directing pilots, yeah, not even exactly. aircraft, because you don't get to control them, mm, but bummer. you tell them what to do and turn yeah. lights up and down. And <laughs> UPS is eternally grateful for you guys. I know this. but uh, I, So do you have thoughts? I mean, this is on the cuff. You don't have to have any thoughts. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, as far <laughs> obviously, it's a joke. We shouldn't all become pastors and no. go into pro- professional ministry. Uh, I don't. I don't think that there would be support for that. Um, but yeah, we we are all called to minister, at least in some degree, sure. to those in our sphere of influence. Yeah. I mean, wherever you're at, wherever you're working, whatever job you're in, whatever stage of life you're in, there are people that you are surrounded by, um, people that are friends, that are family, that know you, um, that can look at your example as an ambassador of Christ, um, that can look at you and say, well, there's something different about this yeah. person. Yeah. Uh, people that you can pour into and minister to. So wherever you're at, like you can pastor at least a little bit, a little bit of pastor. I I agree. I'd say a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. I think God has put, has gifted and skilled people for specific different things and put them in those places. I love that phrase, sphere of influence. That's, that's your, your, your peeps, your peeps, your, <laughs> the people that you're going to influence. Right. And, uh, you know, we both have had the conversation before. It's where you spend eight plus hours a day, often with the same people over and over again. Um, man, what an influence. Mm. Who else do you spend that amount of time with other than your family? It's a captive audience. It's, they can't they, they go have anywhere. to be. There. Yeah, and HR says <laughs> you have to be nice to each exactly. other. So it's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I think it's a reframing of how you think about your career. Um, where it's 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 not as much about income or or being the thing, air traffic control or hmm. one of my side hustles is I work at UPS at your airport. They don't let me touch. Well, <laughs> I do touch the airplanes. I don't get to fly them. But um, so it's but it's not about UPS or air traffic control as much as it's about what you said, which mm-hmm. is being that influence for Christ in that place that God has put you in for a season. Um, now I think part of it is being the best air traffic control. I was just going to ask, do you think it matters if it, if we're good at our job or if maybe, well, if that's our priority is being an ambassador for Christ, then probably the job performance doesn't matter. No, I think as long as (laughs) I don't get fired, we're good. I'd suggest being a hard worker. Uh, I'd suggest showing, oh man, I'm getting trouble now. Showing up on time, you know, uh, working hard while you're there. Like you may not be great at some things. Like I'm terrible at some things and that's fine. I don't think you have to like kick yourself for that, but, but giving your all to it. You know, working hard, that kind of thing, because that's what 
what often in a workplace separates reputations, mm-hmm. right? We all know that person that does not do that. We don't think highly of them. I don't really care what they have to say about more important things. Um, so if you work hard, you're there, you're showing up, you're putting in the effort, you know, you're, you're. this is interesting too, because right now our culture, it's a, it's, it's a dark place. <laughs> like, like we're post pandemic, you know, people are struggling, depression, mental illness on the rise. There's not a lot of hope that's floating around. And yet we, as Christ followers, we have this hope, like we know, yeah. no matter the circumstances, Right. Uh, we know, and so we ought to be able to walk into these workplaces just exuding hope and right. a sense of joy and confidence, and and then people ask like, "Well, why are you different?" And that's what you said. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. So and keeping that like eternal view in mind that yeah. like even if our lives are really terrible right now, yeah, and this just stinks, yeah, uh, you know, this is but a blip yeah. in eternity yeah. that we're gonna get to enjoy God and fellowship with the other believers and saints uh, forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the longer that that forever goes on, the smaller this blip even gets. Yeah. So, Amen. Yeah. I like it. Good. Cool. Uh, all right. Last question. How many, and it's kind of a, it's, it's a multi-part question. Mm, so I'll just, them. we'll, we'll go, we'll go with the first part. Okay. Break them down. Here cool. we go. How many chances do you think God gives us mm. when we don't adjust our lives to his plan? Yeah. That's a, chances? that's a, that's a, uh, that's a really good question. Whoever asked that, like kudos to you. Cause I sort of threw that out there and then just let it hang yesterday intentionally. I just didn't address it. Um, this idea that, uh, you might like miss the opportunity. I mean, if, if, if God is doing this thing over here and you're getting the sense that he wants you to participate, partner with him in that, and you say, no, uh, Will that come back around again? And, and I think the answer is maybe not. Like, you might have missed that opportunity. Uh, you may not get a chance to to do that again. I think that's why it's so important that we're consistently developing our relationship with Jesus, that we're digging in deep to those things, we're being sensitive to the Spirit. You know, we're, we're looking for those opportunities when they pop up. Um, whether it's something, I don't want to say small, but I mean, like, I think in my head kind of small, like, person in front of you at the grocery store, you know, can't pay for their groceries. You get this feeling like I should just cover that for them and bless them in that way. Um, and then you're like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I don't know that tomorrow you're going to have that same opportunity. Like you might've just missed out and there would have been blessing for you in that, you know, the sense of, Hey, I'm really trying to connect with this person or, you know, making Jesus happy or whatever. You might've missed that. And so I don't know. I don't have an answer on how many chances we get, but I do think that uh, and, and I'm convinced of God is consistently unfolding his plan. And so there are opportunities to partner with him. Right. Like all the time. Um, we choose to take them or not take them. Is that? I guess. I mean, my answer was going to be a lot shorter, therefore more correct. Uh, <laughs> the answer is 17. <laughs> 17. Get, is this, no. Can we roll that back and just 17? <laughs> no, like that. No. Uh, no, that, that brings up, because as I was watching the service mm-hmm. and you said, uh, yeah, that if you don't have to, yeah. you know, adjust your life to God. I no. was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> that, that doesn't seem to be what. Uh, and then you eventually finished it up. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. There's another. There's a yeah. flip to that. Yeah, you you can decide to not adjust your life, right? But then there's these sort of consequences that just will naturally follow. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as your example of uh, you know paying for the person's groceries in in line behind you, whatever. Yeah you're not going to get a chance to pay for that person's groceries again. Sure. And maybe God doesn't even put that on your heart again to pay for groceries. Sure. But does that mean that like 
he's never going to give you something again. I don't know. I feel like I feel like he he probably would. <laughs> and there will be ways. And, may, and maybe for you, it will be tougher to see those ways, tougher maybe. to acknowledge yeah. and identify. I don't know. It's probably one of those questions we're going to land on. Oh, yeah. Because the the thing that's popping in my head is that parable that Jesus tells about the talents. Right. You know, he gives he gives one servant five, 10, 15, goes off, comes back. And uh, some have done something with those and earn and and one did not. He didn't do anything with it. Does that apply here? I, maybe that would be interesting to see how that ties, because that servant didn't seem to get another shot. He was called wicked and lazy and thrown out. True. OK, well, we don't like that. So let's <laughs> go with um, and that's we have a gracious God. Well, right. Well, well, we, and we still have a little time before he comes back, thankfully. <laughs> we did in that Hopefully, moment. Yeah, right? exactly. I, so, yeah, yeah, so sure. And we have a gracious God, uh, a God of second chances, right, uh, where his mercies are new every morning. So I think that's also true. So isn't that interesting? Like, this would yeah. be a great dialogue in a life group scenario to really unpack this more, because right now it's just two of us. You're watching yeah. us try to unpack this, but... Uh, this would be a small life group. And I, I, I want to make sure that, because, you know, we don't know who asked the question, so I don't, I don't know all that's behind it, but I want to be sure that, that we're not talking, at least we're not talking about the, the salvation component. Like, if this question right. is driven from a, hey, if somebody didn't accept Jesus when they had the opportunity, will they ever get that chance again? And that's a different question, and we'll just... Rick will handle that next week. It'll be great, yeah. uh, and so that'll be cool. But that's a whole different question. We're really talking about these these moments where we have this opportunity to partner with God in something, and we say yes or no, and do we get more opportunities? Uh, pro- pro- probably, yeah, prob- maybe, probably. <laughs> a soft probably. But I wouldn't I wouldn't encourage you to say no, waiting for the next one. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I think I just say yes uh, when, when we get that opportunity. Yeah, I've... I've I feel like if you're in that situation where you can, looking at it now, having read the stuff that we've read, having, yeah. you know, going through this portion and looking at it now and thinking, man, there's so many times where I've missed that opportunity and I've blown it yeah. and I feel like God was calling me to do this yeah. and uh, I didn't do it. I think that there is hope that God is going to yeah. continue to call yeah. you to do things. Yeah. Uh, so don't miss the next one. Right. Like double down yeah. in your relationship with Jesus, dig deeper, stay sensitive. Yeah. And yeah. be quick to say yes to the next. Nice. All right. Well, cool. I like it. Part two then. Yeah. Uh, how many times should we give our kids the chance to adjust their lives even as they become adults? And then they follow up with a, it's tough to know uh, when enough is enough with ourselves and with others. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with that third component. Uh, whoever asked that, I hear you. Like, amen. It's tough to know when enough is enough. It's just hard. And especially when you're thinking as a parent, and again, I don't know where these are driven from, these questions, but my my gut tells me they're they're talking about like an older child, like maybe post 18 years old or, or something who are maybe making some dumb decisions, poor decisions. How do you know when enough is enough? How do you know when enough money is enough or enough uh, picking up the pieces for them or enough codependency or enough... Uh, I, that's hard. It's just hard. Yeah. It's so easy for us to give advice and be like, hey, you just need to tell your 21-year-old, get a job, move out, grow up, until it's your 21-year-old. Right. Yeah, so I like I hear that, and that's probably worth unpacking with a really trusted pastor, counselor, therapist, someone who can help you work through the, the myriad of stuff that's probably going on in that. But, uh, but backing it up to that second question, how many times uh, should you, and this is where I don't really know what's being asked here. I feel like it could be multiple 
questions like how many times do you give your kid the chance to adjust their lives to God, to your house rules, to your expectations? I, I don't I don't really know what's being asked. I would I would assume they're yeah, talking about to God. So how many times do I give what I give my kid a chance to adjust their lives to God? And I, that's an easier one of those three to answer, frankly. So <laughs> I'm glad we're going that direction. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, pick a different. Because um, I don't think that's my problem or your problem as the parent. Like that's that's up to the Holy Spirit. That's sort of his problem. I think our job as parents of young kids or adult children is to uh, uh, consistently model what a healthy, authentic relationship with Jesus looks like to consistently ask good questions, uh, to, to consistently invite uh, those, those young kids or grown adults uh, into experiences with Jesus, into, you know, whatever, all right. that kind of stuff. Like set that model, ask those questions, have those conversations uh, in, a, in a good, winsome, loving, um, care-filled way. And then the Holy Spirit is going to do something with that when the Holy Spirit chooses to do something with that. And the kid will make that. They'll respond how they choose to respond. I can't force anybody to adjust their lives to God as much as I've wanted to and tried over the years. <laughs> Just doesn't work for some reason. So, um, so yeah, I, I think your job is less as a parent, less uh, how many times and just more. Just keep doing, keep doing what you're doing. Keep going. Um, I always tell parents of adult kids who are not following the Lord, hey, proof's in the pudding. Like, give it time. Like, sometimes they just take time to bake. It's not done yet. Um, trust the Lord, pray like crazy, set a great example, love the heck out of them. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like also uh, you might not actually be the the person or the route that God uses to bring that person. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, for whatever reason, maybe your relationship is in such a way that they're just not going to hear it from you. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe there's hurt there. Maybe there's the distrust they yeah. saw in you. Yeah. Something they didn't like, and I'm I'm not listening to my dad, you know, my yeah. mom, whoever on this, yeah. you know, God issue. Yeah. But from some close friend of theirs who's in their sphere of influence, mm. uh, maybe they will yeah. hear more on it. Yeah, it's interesting. As you're saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, that's like the youth pastor's bane, but also joke, you know, mm-hmm. is that, uh, uh, we, and so you know, a couple decades of youth ministry, and I'd have parents gently frustrated because the things they'd been telling their kids for years the kid didn't listen to, and then the youth pastor says it, but because they're cool, they're like, oh, mom, how come you never said this to me? And they're like, I swear I'm going to kill that kid. <laughs> and so that's funny. And then having my own kids uh, walking into that going, hey, I, I'm okay. I'm okay if it's the youth pastor that they hear it from, even though I've been saying it since they were born, as long as they hear it at some point. So that's, you know, you yeah. make a great point about it. It, it, it takes uh, all kinds of different paths, and Jesus yeah. uses different people, different voices. That's cool. So. And so I'm hearing there the difference between the parents and the youth, pa- youth pastors cool. Right. So then really if we're just cooler. Right. Yeah. You just need to be out. cooler as parents. So one way yeah. you can do that, <laughs> being really cool, would be hats like this, Dan. Yeah. Uh, I'm just it's telling you, that was a good loop back to the beginning. I really, uh, I'm really proud of myself yeah. for that. So. Hard, hard pass. Yeah. And I'm not saying parents aren't cool. They're yeah. just not cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, I'm a parent, by the way. <laughs> so we've offended parents. Yeah. We've offended six-year-olds. Six-year-olds. Twelve-year-olds. Uh, junior high boys. Yep. Junior. Okay. Anybody else? Any other demographics we can yeah. just check off the list well, real quick? See how long the podcast goes. <laughs> I'm sure I can get more in there. All right. So. We better end it then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great.
Right. You, you got your wish, Chris. I'm I keeping it under two hours. Ah, right. fantastic. All right. So uh, that's it. Uh, that's all our questions, unless you had anything good. else you wanted to expound on. No, I'd say, hey, good questions. Thanks for asking them. Keep those coming in. That's the lifeblood of North Point Plus. Without questions, you just get to listen to us ramble. With questions, you get to listen to us ramble with sort of guardrails. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if... If I if I get you know invited to host again and there's yeah. no questions, I'm probably just going to show pictures of my kids for like oh. 20 minutes and then we'll call it a that call it a day. So I, might be good. <laughs> that might be fun. I don't think so. <laughs> I, no one wants to see that. Uh, so uh, yeah, it was great having the opportunity to sit down and do this. Thank you, Thanks Chris, for, for your it. time. Yeah, of course. Um, like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel, share the video. Um, feel free to comment. If there's something we didn't answer all the way, go ahead and drop a comment. Chris is all about social media. I love it. He's on it constantly. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm i sure that we could keep the conversation going. Absolutely. Though. Hunt him down in person if, if need be. Good. Um, yeah. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>